Good afternoon. Welcome to Thrilling Tales. This is Lois CNL, Library Director, and your storyteller for today. Today's episode is called The Witch Door by Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury was the author of more than three dozen books, including Fahrenheit 451, The Martian Chronicles, and Something Wicked This Way Comes, as well as hundreds of short stories. He wrote for the theater, cinema, and TV, and adapted for television 65 of his stories for the Ray Bradbury Theater. He was the recipient of the 2000 National Book Foundation's Medal for Distinguished Contribution to American Letters, the 2007 Pulitzer Prize Special Citation, and numerous other awards. And now, The Witch Door. It was a pounding on a door, a furious, frantic, insistent pounding, born of hysteria and fear and a great desire to be heard, to be freed, to be let loose, to escape. It was a wrenching at hidden paneling. It was a hollow knocking, a rapping, a testing, a clawing. It was a scratching at hollow boards, a ripping at bedded nails. It was a muffled closet shouting and demanding far away and a call to be noticed, followed by a silence. The silence was the most empty and terrible of all. Robert and Martha Webb sat up in bed. Did you hear it? Yes, again, downstairs. Now, whoever it was who had pounded and rapped and made his fingers raw, drawn blood with his fever and quest to be free, had drawn into silence, listening himself to see if his terror and drumming had summoned any help. The winter night lay through the house with a falling snow silence, silence snowing into every room, drifting over tables and floors and banking up the stairwell. Then the pounding started again, and then a sound of soft crying. Downstairs, someone in the house. Lottie, do you think? The front door's unlocked. She'd have knocked. Can't be Lottie. She's the only one it could be. She phoned. They both glanced at the phone. If you lifted the receiver, you heard a winter stillness. The phones were dead. They had died days ago with the riots in the nearest towns and cities. Now in the receiver, you heard only your own heartbeat. Can you put me up? Lottie had cried from 600 miles away. Just overnight? But before they could answer her, the phone had filled itself with long miles of silence. Lottie is coming. She sounded hysterical. That might be her, said Martha Webb. No, said Robert. I heard that crying other nights too. Dear God. They lay in the cold room in this farmhouse back in the Massachusetts wilderness, back from the main roads, away from the towns, near a bleak river and a black forest. It was the frozen middle of December. The white smell of snow cut the air. They arose. With an oil lamp lit, they sat on the edge of the bed as if dangling their legs over a precipice. There's no one downstairs. There can't be. Whoever it is sounds frightened. We're all frightened, damn it. That's why we came out here, to be away from cities, riots, all that damned foolishness. No more wiretaps, arresting, taxes, neurotics. Now, when we find it at last, people call and upset us? And tonight, this Christ, he glanced at his wife. You afraid? I don't know. I don't believe in ghosts. This is 1999. I'm sane. Or like to think I am. Where's your gun? We won't need it. Don't ask me why, but we won't. They picked up their oil lamps. In another month, the small power plant would be finished in the white barns behind the house, and there'd be power to spare. But 
Now they haunted the farm, coming and going with dim lamps or candles. They stood at the stairwell, both 33, both immensely practical. The crying, the sadness, and the plea came from below in the winter rooms. She sounds so damn sad, said Robert. God, I'm sorry for her, but don't even know who it is. Come on. They went downstairs. As if hearing their footsteps, the crying grew louder. There was a dull thudding against a hidden panel somewhere. The witch door, said Martha Webb at last. Can't be. Is. They stood in the long hall, looking at that place under the stairs where the panels trembled faintly. But now the cries faded, as if the crier was exhausted or something had diverted her, or perhaps their voices had startled her and she was listening for them to speak again. Now the winter night house was silent, and the man and wife waited with the oil lamps quietly fuming in their hands. Robert Webb stepped to the witch door and touched it, probing for the hidden button, the secret spring. There can't be anyone in there, he said. My God, we've been here six months, and that's just a cubby. Isn't that what the realtor said when he sold us the place? No one could hide in there and us not know it. We... Listen. They listened. Nothing. She's gone. It's gone. Whatever it was, hell, that door hasn't been opened in our lifetime. Everyone's forgotten where the spring is that unlocks it. I don't think there is a door, only a loose panel and rat's nests. That's all. The wall's scratching. Why not? He turned to look at his wife, who was staring at the hidden place. Silly, she said. Good Lord, rats don't cry. That was a voice asking to be saved. Lottie, I thought, but now I know it wasn't she, but someone else in as much trouble. Martha Webb reached out and trembling her fingertips along the beveled edge of ancient maple. Can't we open it? With a crowbar and hammer tomorrow. Oh, Robert, don't know Robert me. I'm tired. You can't leave her in there to... She's quiet now. Christ, I'm exhausted. I'll come down at the crack of dawn and knock the damn thing apart, okay? All right, she said, and tears came to her eyes. Women, said Robert Webb. Oh my God, you and Lottie, Lottie and you. If she is coming here, if she makes it, I'll have a house full of lunatics. Lottie's fine, sure, but she should keep her mouth shut. It doesn't pay now to say you're a socialist, democrat, libertarian, pro-life, aberrationist, sin fame, fascist, commie, any damn thing. The towns are bombed out. People are looking for scapegoats and Lottie has to shoot from the hip, get herself smeared and now hell on the run jail her if they catch her or kill her yes kill her we're lucky to be here with our own food thank god we planned ahead we saw it coming the starvation the massacres we helped ourselves now we help lottie if she makes it through without answering he turned to the stairs i'm dead on my feet i'm tired of saving anyone even lottie but hell if she comes through the front door she's saved they went up the stairs, taking the lamps and dancing in an ever-moving aura of trembling white glow. The house was as silent as snow falling. God, he whispered, damn, I don't like women crying like that. It sounded like the whole world crying, he thought. The whole world dying and needing help and lonely. But what can you do? Live in a farm like this, far off the main highway where people don't pass away from the stupidity and death? What can you do? 
They left one of the lamps lit and drew the covers over their bodies and lay, listening to the wind hit the house and creak the beams in parquetry. A moment later, there was a cry from downstairs, a creak of the beams, a splintering crash, the sound of a door flung wide, a bursting out of air, footsteps wrapping all the rooms, a sobbing, almost in exultation. Then the front door banged open, the winter wind blowing wildly in, footsteps across the front porch and gone. There, cried Martha, yes. With the lamp, they were down the stairs swiftly. Wind smothered their faces as they turned now toward the witch's door open wide, still on its hinges, then toward the front door where they cast their light out upon the snowing winter darkness and saw nothing but white and hills, no moon, and then the lamplight, the soft drift and moth flicker of snowflakes falling from the sky to the mattress yard. Gone, she whispered. Who? We'll never know unless she comes back. She won't look. They moved the lamplight toward the white earth and the tiny footprints going off across the softness towards the dark forest. It was a woman then, but why? God knows why anything now in this crazy world. They stood looking at the footprints a long while until shivering, they moved back through the hall to the open witch door. They poked the lamp into this hollow under the stairs. Lord, it's just a cell, hardly. But look, inside stood a small rocking chair, a braided rug, a used candle in a copper holder, and an old worn Bible. The place smelled of must and moss and dead flowers. Is this where they used to hide people? Yes, a long time back they had people called witches. Trials, witch trials, they hanged or burned some. Yes, yes, they both murmured, staring into the incredibly small cell. And the witches hid here while the hunter searched the house and gave up and left. Yes, oh my God, yes, he whispered. Rob? Yes. She bent forward. Her face was pale, and she could not look away from the small, worn rocking chair and the faded Bible. Rob, how old? This house, how old is it? Maybe 300 years? That old? Why? Crazy, stupid, crazy? Houses old like this all the years and more years and more after that. God, feel if you put your hand in, yes. Would you feel a change, silly? And what if I sat in that rocking chair and shut the door? What? That woman, how long was she in there? How'd she get there? From way, way back? Wouldn't it be strange? Bull. But if you wanted to run away badly enough, wished for it, prayed for it, and people ran after you, and someone hid you in a place like this, a witch behind a door, and heard the searchers run through the house closer and closer, wouldn't you want to get away? Anywhere? To another place? Why not another time? And then in a house like this, a house so old nobody knows, if you wanted and asked for it, couldn't you run to another year? Maybe? She paused here. No, no, he muttered. That's really stupid. But still, some quiet motion within the closeted space caused both, at almost the same instant, to hold their hands out on the air, curious, like people testing invisible waters. The air seemed to move one way and then another, now warm, now cold, with a pulsation of light and sudden turning towards dark. All this they thought, but could not say. There was weather here now, a 
quick touch of summer and then a winter cold, which could not be, of course, but there it was. Passing along their fingertips, but unseen by their eyes, a stream of shadows and sun ran as invisible as time itself, clear as crystal, but clouded by a shifting dark. Both felt if they thrust their hands deep, they might be drawn into a drown in a mighty storm of seasons with an incredibly small space. All this, too, they thought, or almost felt, but could not say. They seized their frozen but sunburned hands back to stare down and hold them again against the panic in their breasts. Damn, whispered Robert Webb. Oh, damn. He backed off and went to open the front door again and look at the snowing night where the footprints had almost vanished. No, he said. No, no. Just then, the yellow flash of headlights on the road braked in front of the house. Lottie, cried Martha Webb. It must be. Lottie. The car lights went out. They ran to meet the running woman halfway up the front yard. Lottie, the woman wild-eyed, hair windblown, threw herself at them. Martha, Bob, God, I thought I'd never find you. Lost, I'm being followed. Let's get inside. Oh, I didn't mean to get you in the middle of the night. It's good to see you. Jesus, hide the car. Here are the keys. Robert Webb ran to drive the car behind the house. When he came back around, he saw that the heavy snowfall was already covering the tracks. Then the three of them were inside the house, talking, holding on to each other. Robert Webb kept glancing at the front door. I can't thank you, cried Lottie, huddled in a chair. You're at risk. I won't stay long. A few hours until it's safe. Then stay as long as you want no they'll follow in the cities the fires the murders everyone's starving i stole gas do you have more enough to get me to fill meredith's in greenboro i lottie said robert webb yes lottie stopped breathless did you see anyone on your way up here a woman running on the road what i drove so fast a woman yes i almost hit her and then she was gone why well She's not dangerous. No, no, it's all right. My being here? Yes, fine, fine. Sit back. We'll fix some coffee. Wait, I'll check. And before they could stop her, Lottie ran to the front door, opened it a crack, and peered out. They stood with her and saw distant headlights flourished over a low hill and gone into a valley. They're coming, whispered Lottie. They might search here. God, where can I hide? Martha and Robert glanced at each other. No, no, thought Robert. God, no. Preposterous, unimaginable, fantastic. So damn coincidental. The mind raves at it. Crows, hoots, guffaws. No, none of this. Get off circumstance. Get away with your goings and comings on not neat or too neat schedules. Come back, Lottie, in ten years, five years, maybe a year, a month, a week, and ask to hide. Even tomorrow you can show up. But don't come with coincidence in each hand like idiot children and ask only a half hour after one terror, one miracle, to test our disbelief. I'm not, after all, Charles Dickens, to blink and let this pass. What's wrong? said Lottie. I, said Robert. No place to hide me? Yes, he said. We've a place. Well, here. He turned slowly away, stunned. They walked down the hall to the half-open panel. This, Lottie said, secret, did you? No, it's been here since the house was built long ago. Lottie touched and moved the door on its hinges. Does it work? Will they know where to look and find it? No, it's beautifully made. Shut, you can't even tell it's there. Outside in the winter night, cars rushed up, their beams flashing up the road across the house windows. 
body peered into the witch door as one peers down a deep, lonely well. A filching of dust moved about her. The small rocking chair trembled. Moving in silent, Lottie touched the half-burned candle. Why, it's still warm. Martha and Robert said nothing. They held to the witch door, smelling the odor of warm tallow. Loretta stood rigidly in the light in the little space, bowing her head beneath the beam ceiling. A horn blew in the snowing night. Lottie took a deep breath and said, Shut the door. They shut the witch door. There was no way to tell that a door was there. They blew out the lamp and stood in the cold, dark house waiting. The cars rushed down the road, their noise loud and their yellow headlights bright in the falling snow. The wind stirred the footprints in the yard, one pair going out, another coming in, and the tracks of Lottie's car fast vanishing and at last gone. Thank God, whispered Martha. The cars honking whipped around the last bend and down the hill and stopped, waiting looking in at the dark house. Then at last they started up away into the snow in the hills. Soon their lights were gone and their sound gone with them. We were lucky, said Robert Webb, but she's not. She? That woman, whoever she was that ran out of here. They'll find her. Somebody will find her. Christ, that's right. And she has no ID, no proof of herself. And she doesn't know what's happened to her. And when she tells them who she is and where she came from, yes, yes, God help her. They looked into the snowy night but saw nothing. Everything was still. You can't escape, she said. No matter what you do, no one can escape. They moved away from the window and down the hall to the witch door and touched it. Lottie, they called. The witch door did not tremble or move. Lottie, you can come out now. There was no answer, not a breath or a whisper. Robert tapped the door. Hey in there. Lottie! He knocked at the paneling, his mouth agitated. Lottie, open it. I'm trying, damn it. Lottie, we'll get you out. Wait, everything's all right? He beat with both fists, cursing. Then he said, watch out. Took a step back, raised his leg, kicked once, twice, three times. Vicious kicks at the paneling that crunched holes and crumbled wood into kindling. He reached in and yanked the entire paneling free. Lottie! They leaned together into the small place under the stairs. The candle flickered on the small table. The Bible was gone. The small rocking chair moved quietly back and forth in little arcs and then stood still. Lottie! They stared at the empty room. The candle flickered. Lottie, they said. You don't believe. I don't know. Old houses are old, old. You think Lottie, she... I don't know, I don't know. Then she's safe at least, safe, thank God. Safe? Where's she gone? You really think that? A woman in new clothes, red lipstick, high heels, short skirt, perfume, plucked brows, diamond ring, silk stocking, safe? Safe? He said, staring deep into the open frame of the witch door. Yes, safe, why not? He drew a deep breath. A woman of that description? lost in a town called Salem in the year 1680? He reached over and shut the witch door. They sat waiting by it for the rest of the long, cold night.